in St. Cloud. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Jay. All right, Jim. So let's start off with uh, the Super Bowl last night. The Chiefs end up winning 25-22, knocking off the 49ers in overtime. Your thoughts on another Chiefs Super Bowl title? Pretty amazing. Mahomes is 28. He's won three. He's played in four. He's won three Super Bowl MVPs. Um, they won, became first team since 2004 to win back-to-back Super Bowls, even though their season was not ideal. Uh, and, you know, let's go with the big obvious stuff. Uh, Andy Reid continues to, you know, build up his resume to be one of the best ever. And Mahomes is already building up his resume to be one of the best ever. And Travis Kelsey's still a superstar. And I wrote about Mahomes because he's the obvious person to write about, especially on a tight deadline after a game like that. But the defense, Steve Spagnola faced, I think, four of the top six offenses in the NFL. And they scored like 12, 13 points fewer per game against this Chiefs defense than they did against everybody else in the NFL. So I really think the, you know, the, there are four, five key figures. Well, I, I, I don't know how many. I mean, obviously Mahomes, Kelsey, and Reed. You know, the the ability to adapt to game plan, to adapt in games, to use their intelligence, to find holes in even the best defenses uh, was phenomenal. Also, Chris Jones, McDuffie, you know, the corner the Vikings could have had, Karloftis, uh, that defense with Steve Spagnuolo was spectacular all postseason. It was pretty impressive, especially how Patrick Mahomes, when he needed to come through, he seemed to know when he could run, when he could throw, and it was his running converting a, a couple of third downs and then a fourth down conversion as well. Yes, uh, and you know he doesn't necessarily look to run early in games. He'd rather get his receivers involved. He'd rather you know be safe. But man, when he needs to, he's a brilliant runner in terms, you know, not only ability to to wiggle and to, to find holes, but also just knowing exactly where and when to run, uh, what's, what he's got to do to get pick up first down, when his team needs a big play. I mean, two Super Bowls in a row, you know, one of the swing plays was him just busting open right down the middle for a big run. Uh, and uh, he, he's just, that, and that's the thing. I mean, I wrote about it today, Tom Brady, has the best quarterback resume of all time. He still does. And it's, you know, but I mean, for me, the eye test, I think Holmes can do everything Brady did and he can do things Brady couldn't do. What do you think about uh, Brock Purdy, what the 49ers did? Well, again, I think they were, they were really taken down by a great defensive effort. Um, Chris Jones probably saved a touchdown with a pe- one rush. They stripped McCaffrey early, saving at least three points. I mean, that's a, just a tremendous offense, offense, tremendous offensive coach, tremendous offensive set of skill set players, combination of Spagnola, Chris Jones, McDuffie taking uh, their top, helping take their top receivers out. It just shows you how important cornerback play is, uh, but the scheme to make Purdy just a little uncertain. Uh, it was just a brilliant performance. So Purdy did not play great. Um, I tend to think it's probably mostly because of the Chiefs defense. After seeing what happened with the Chiefs this year, where they look pretty average, then they get into the playoffs, and then they turn it up a notch and end up going to win another Super Bowl, is Mahomes kind of like Michael Jordan? Well, he's the closest. I think he's the closest thing we've seen in the NFL 
because the, the obviously as you know the sports are so different you know you have a team of five people where you can hand this ball to the same guy on every possession um so the only player in the NFL who can be like a Jordan is the quarterback. And now you're seeing a quarterback who can do anything and who excels in late game situations, uh, who wants the ball, who has that, you know, the supreme athletic arrogance, who makes things happen. Um, he's the closest thing a football player can be to Jordan. Jim, uh, the, some of the other things in the game last night, uh, when the, Chiefs fell behind, and it seemed like both teams were really kind of struggling to get things going. Um, they did get a field goal. I think it was like a 57-yarder. It was a line drive kick. I mean, there were some breaks, certainly, and that one looked like it could have been blocked. And then the 49ers had a kick, an extra point that was blocked. How big a role do you think those kind of swing things played? I mean, in a game, in an overtime game between two great teams, we could, and I was making note of them during the game last night, we could find... 32 plays that could have turned the tide one way or the other. The the missed extra point, uh, you know, the 57-yard field goal, the 55-yard field goal by Moody, um, you know, the the muffed punt, uh, McCaffrey fumbling early, Pacheco fumbling, um, I believe it was Pacheco. Um, you know, I mean, we could, you know, miss third down throws, uh, Purdy just overthrowing Samuel in the end zone. Uh, I mean, there's so many plays that could swing it. And, you know, that's the way to me that because that's the nature of the sport, that's why you have to look at who actually did make the plays to win it. You know, and that's Mahomes, um, Kelsey, uh, Valdez Scantling made a big, really big play. Um, you know, it's it, it pretty, I mean, and this is, you know, number three seed Kansas City. They had to win, uh, you know, they, they got a home game against Miami with the weather that was kind of a gimme. But then they had to beat. The two-seeded Bills in Buffalo, they had to beat the number one-seeded Ravens in Baltimore. Then they had to beat the number one NFC team on a neutral site. Uh, so, yeah, we could find plenty of places where the 49ers could or should have won that game, but they didn't, and Mahomes did. Other football notes, Justin Jefferson, do we have any idea what kind of contract demands he has? I'm thinking it's in the, like, $33 million a year range. Um, and listen, these, all these numbers sound really scary. They can afford it. Um, if they don't sign him this year, he's still technically under contract for, they could keep another two years. They could always keep him through this year and then franchise him and then make another decision then. So they're not, they're not in danger of losing him. Uh, I think he wants like $33 million a year, something like that. I think they are prepared to pay him that. Um, I don't know what the timetable is going to be. How about Kirk Cousins? Um, does this kind of thing kind of start to pick up when they get to the scouting combine? I would think so, but it's, you know, again, it's hard to predict. I mean, they could have a deal in principle right now. They could be yelling at each other on the phone right now. We don't, we really don't know at the moment. Um, I think Cousins should probably be the first domino to let them know where they are and how they're going to progress during the rest of the off season. But once again, I think they're going to get Cousins done. I don't, and probably for $45, $50 million a year, I don't know when, I don't know what the timetable is going to look like. Uh, Jim, the Twins make a trade. Nick Gordon goes to the Miami Marlins. Another trade with Miami, and the uh, Twins acquire a pitcher, a left-handed relief pitcher, Stephen Okert. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, they keep adding bullpen arms. Uh, not tremendous results from Okert, but he's a lefty who has stuff. He strikes people out. Uh, I'm guessing they have a role in mind for him. Gives them some left-handed depth. They've got a lot of power right-handed arms. They are very reliant on field bar right now. Uh, they're hoping Thunderbird can can you know contribute there, but this gives them another 
you, you can't have enough talented lefties. Uh, Jim, the Gopher men's basketball team end up uh, losing to Iowa yesterday, 90-85. Gophers led by 13 at halftime, as many as 20 in the second half. Dawson Garcia leaves with an, an injury, groin maybe, it's hard to say. Um, doesn't come back in. They end up squandering the lead. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's sad. Um, they were about to win a fourth straight Big Ten game and put themselves in great shape for making an NCAA tournament. And now their now their resume includes two losses to a mediocre Iowa team in two games they probably should have won. Uh, so, you know, I hope that's not the game that keeps them the NCAA tournament. But th- there's a chance it is. Um, they played so well, and then yeah, as you said, Garcia got hurt. It looked like he got, you know, hit in a bad spot. But then it seemed to be more serious later. Maybe it was a pulled groin or something. Uh, you know, they really haven't explained it in their you know, college athletics. They don't have to. Uh, but but sad because they were playing so well in this game. They've been playing so well the last couple of weeks, and they really had it in their grasp. Does this? I mean, this sounds like this really kind of hurts their resume. And, and there's games I suppose they could win to try to make it up. Certainly, if they win at Purdue Thursday, that changes everything. That's exactly right. When you you know, it, it's all about it's all about the final number. However, you get there. Uh, this means that they are going to have to probably beat uh, a superior team to. Kind of offset this loss, which is possible. They're capable of doing it when they're playing well, but uh, but man, that was such a gimme. They 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 really had that game in hand. Jim, the Timberwolves uh, didn't play Saturday, Sunday. Their next game is tonight when they play the Clippers, and they got Portland tomorrow night. Um, Clippers certainly are a team right behind them in the standings. This is a big one, isn't it? Or maybe it isn't, but uh, in the whole scheme of things, but this is a team that's right there with them in the standings. Yeah, I mean, there's still a number of games left, and you know they could win this game and have a bad season. They could lose this game and have a good season. It's not a must-win, but it's it's just a good, another good test. I mean, it's just part of being trying to win a conference. The games are all feel big, and when you fa- face one of the other top teams, yeah, it feels like a big game. Um, and I, I just think it's, you know, this team is going to want to, regardless of seeding, this team is going to want to be playing well and feeling confident at the end of the season and winning against the Clippers in LA, you know, not only gives you another game uh, of margin on the Clippers, which could be very important, but it also kind of reestablishes that you can beat these teams. And the Wolves have had a lot of big games where they've beaten good teams this year. Um, I think they match up pretty well with Clippers. They can guard wings. Uh, That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Uh, Deal with Harden, George, and Kawhi all at once, that's, that's not easy, but, uh, uh, you know, I think they have a pretty good chance. Jim, the wild play against Vegas tonight. Looks like we still got quite a while, almost a month before the trade deadline, right? March 8th, it looks like it is. So they got plenty of time. They don't have to make any decisions anytime real soon. Right. And they have won a couple in a row now, right? When it looked like they were absolutely buried. So they have every reason to, to keep taking a shot at it. All right, Jim, what do you got in your podcast? Uh, full slate is up. Good chin music with Roy and Lavelle. We'll talk this week about uh, about how they're putting this bull, bullpen together. Uh, chin music got a baseball show at TalkNorth.com. Uh, good John Krasinski show. We'll do another one tomorrow after the Clippers game. And everything's at TalkNorth.com on your our favorite podcast app. All right, Jim. Thank you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Hey, thanks, Jay. It's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune sports columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column at Star Tribune or his podcast at talknorth.com. Jim, once again today, brought to you by the Green Mill in downtown St. Cloud.